Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we move from the doctrine of election to the doctrine of our redemption in Christ. Today's teaching is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. To understand redemption, take your mind to the slave market of New Testament times. The basic meaning of redemption is that you have been bought out of the slave market of sin and guaranteed a future of freedom in the presence of God. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains this doctrine in today's slice of this week's message entitled, In Him We Have Redemption. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 3 through 10. It's all in the context of all the things that the priests had to do to make sacrifices for themselves, for the utensils, for the altar, for the whole place that it was going to be offered. But it also describes two goats. Goat number one then is described in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 15. Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, that's into the Holy of Holies, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull. There was a bull offered before this, obviously and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Again, animal had to die, then the blood brought in and sprinkled on the altar symbolically saying, this is offered on behalf of all of these people. Oh, and by the way, here's a little tidbit. That word mercy seat, you know what the mercy seat is? That's the, that's the lid on top of the Ark of the Covenant, that gold-plated lid. And that mercy seat is called a hilasterion, if you translate it into Greek. That's the word that is the, Greek, uh, the, the New Testament word for propitiation. That's the sacrifice which is offered, which satisfies the wrath of God. How is the wrath of God satisfied? The blood of the sacrifice is applied on behalf of the worshiper. So that's goat number one, a picture of the death of Christ. Goat number two, down in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 20 through 22. This is a picture of forgiveness. And we have redemption, which is the forgiveness of our trespasses. Okay, here's goat number two, verse 20. When he finishes atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting, and the altar, he shall offer the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins, and he shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. This is one of the bit players in the events of the Day of Atonement. God just His job was to stand there 
until goat number two was ready and all the sins are confessed as the priest lays his hands to identify with that goat. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to a solitary land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. The guy had to take that goat far away and abandon it. All right, what's that a picture of? Put it together, that's a picture of Christ's work on our behalf. He is the sin sacrifice by means of his death and he's the one who separated our sins from us. You ever heard of the scapegoat? That's what it is. It's where this comes from. The one who bears all of the sins. You put all the blame on the scapegoat. And if you want to remember which one that is, he's the one that scaped. Okay? Out into the wilderness. I don't think that's what the etymology is, but you'll remember it that way. And what amazing results come from this. You ever looked at Psalm 103, verse 12? And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. What a great picture. You know, if you start walking east and swimming and boating and whatever, you can go east for the rest of your life. Or... You could go west for the rest of your life. This doesn't work if you say north and south. Because if you start going north, you go over a pole, you're headed south. You start going south, you go under a pole, you're headed north. This is the perfect word picture to say, as far as the east is from the west, well, that's infinite. That's the redemption that you have in Christ. Pictured in the two goats on the Day of Atonement, fulfilled in what Christ did. So there's the meaning, the person, the price, and the result of redemption. Now, let's look at the source of redemption. Verse 7, and again this time into verse 8. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon upon us. The source of redemption is the riches of His grace. Uh, The phrase according to, that's significant because think of a comparison. Imagine two uh, very wealthy people and one gives you something out of his riches. The other one gives you something according to his riches or proportionate to his riches. Which would be more significant? Obviously, according to. The pattern of the extent of forgiveness of God is the inexhaustible storehouse of the riches of his grace. And yes, you probably know the definition of the word grace. It means unmerited favor. This is a case where the Sunday school lesson is actually correct. You can turn the word grace into an acronym for the saying, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. You get what you don't deserve. Mercy is that you don't get what you deserve. Grace is that you get what you don't deserve, which is salvation. 
Then he says that his grace is lavished on us. I think they picked exactly the right word when they said lavished. It comes from a Greek word that means if you're talking about a number, to exceed it. If you're talking about a measure of something, it's over and above in, in, in super abundance. And that's how God's grace comes to us. It comes in overflowing measure. It's, it's, it's boundless. If you were going to write a song about it, you might say it is the marvelous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. Why, it is grace greater than all our sin. But don't write the song. Look, turn to hymn number 78. It's already there. Why did they say that? <laughs> They'd read Ephesians chapter 1 and other places. The meaning of redemption, you've been set free from your bondage. The person of redemption is Christ. The price of redemption is his death. The result of redemption is uh, our forgiveness. The source of redemption is God's grace. And now look at the, the outcome of redemption. Pick it up in the middle of verse 8 and we'll read all the way through verse 10. In all wisdom and insight. Okay, let's just let's stop there. Wisdom is the knowledge of spiritual things and the right use of that knowledge. Insight is the earthly application of wisdom. The word insight is related to the word think for how you think. So he says, in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heaven and in the heavens and things on the earth. I remember translating this sentence for the first time and just saying, Wow, what a what a package we have of all these spiritual blessings that are attached to redemption. Look at what this says. There are parallel thoughts in this verse and a half here, or two verses and a half. Uh, parallel thoughts in this expression. His will is parallel to his good pleasure, which is parallel to his purpose. His will implies his sovereign choice. Well, we were chosen him before the foundation of the world. Now he's working out his will in time. His good pleasure implies what he desires and what he approves or what he likes. And his purpose implies his predetermination. So in other words, in Christ, to his redeemed people, God has chosen to reveal by his own desire and predetermination his mystery his formerly hidden mystery as to the culmination of all things in Christ. He has made known to us the mystery. That means that now, in Christ, we have revelation of something that wasn't known in Old Testament times. That's what the word mystery means. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.